as soon as I open it, roaches. To where when I walk in the house, <laughs> did you scream? Hold. <laughs> Welcome back to Econics Talks, guys. When I pop up, everybody gonna be like, man, overnight success. Lifestyle topics, entrepreneurship, and investing. Are you serious about this? Because if you are, then I'm willing to back the business. We want to inform you, educate you, and empower you so that you can maximize your life. Let's get started. What's up, everybody? I want to give a huge shout out to all the new supporters that have joined us this year. And I can never forget my day one. So shout out to y'all, too. As most of you guys know, running an independent podcast takes a ton of time and energy. Now, if you've ever benefited from an episode of this show or many episodes and you'd like to support, you can do that by buying us a coffee. You can reach that by the support link in the show notes or if you're following me or Econics on Instagram, it'll be in the link in the bio. And this will be used to cover any expenses that come with the show. I appreciate everything you guys have done and this has been such a fulfilling year. Now, on to this episode. Welcome back to another episode of Econics Talks, guys. Today, I will be coining our Monday episodes as Conscious Mondays. The reason for this, there is a lot of market news and current events that need to be discussed that affect our economy. And I would like to offer you guys more diverse content and more valuable content. So if you guys have certain topics that you want discussed, go to the link tree in the show notes or in um, my biography from my, on my IG. Go on there, click on that link, and there's going to be a Google Docs form. If you have any questions, go ahead and fill it out there. And we can go ahead and start our episode. So today I want to actually go over a topic that's been running around for a little bit and I've been following it. So let's talk about Sam Bankman fried man. Let's just get into this, this craziness with the crypto space and, and all the drama that's going on over there. So we're just going to do an outline and just kind of go over what, what is actually going on, um, who this guy is, what is FTX, you know, what's the history and why is everything so crazy? So who is who is SBF? So Sam Bankman Freed, that's what we're going to call him SBF to, for short. SBF, he was a MIT, he's an MIT physics major. And he's actually worth, well, was worth $26 billion before everything kind of went crazy. And in 2017, he founded a company called Alameda. Alameda was just a, a trading firm. Um, and then from there, he actually founded FTX two years later in 2019. Now that's very key. So remember, founded at Alameda first in 2017, and then he founded FTX after. Now, in the crypto space, he was seen as somewhat of a just a savior. Um, there was a couple of bailouts that he did. There were some rescue deals that he, you know, he constructed for other crypto companies. You know, more specifically, BlockFi, Ledger X, and Voyager. Um, he also purchased Blockfolio in 2020 for 150 million. So obviously, you know, homeboy had a lot of money to throw around, which is great. You know, at that time, he was able to help out a lot of people um, and help people in the crypto space. So why was he so credible? Um, so here's here's why. The crazy part is while he was building the brand, he started to to lobby Congress and, and, and politics. So this election, this current election cycle, he's donated 40 million to the Democratic Party or to, you know, different, you know, people in the, in the party. 
And publicly, he said after that he gave just as much to the Republican Party, but it was behind closed doors. So I thought that was an interesting point as well. And that, you know, I don't want to speculate too much, but that might be one of the reasons why he's been so open about talking about this. Because I think it's very crazy, you know, for somebody to be in such legal trouble to just go out there and just start blabbing because that just leaves you open to a lot of legal legal loopholes and troubles. Now, he had a bill in the Senate that was, it was actually aimed to clarify, you know, cryptocurrency regulations, ironically. So, you know, he had a sponsor for the bill and everything. So he had relationships, you know, he was, he was in Congress, he was in Washington and he was there for, for a lot of it. So obviously when you have those types of relationships, your credibility is going to start to, going to start to grow. And with the, with the credibility growing that, that opened up him to do business with people like Larry David. He also worked with Shaq, Steph Curry, Tom Brady. So now you're politically savvy. Then you you couple in some celebrities. That's a that's a formula for what? Credibility. So now people are going to believe anything and everything this guy says just because he looks credible. It's crazy how that works. And people talk about it all the time about the smoke and mirrors of of just business and social media and how people, you know, really don't be doing. They just give you the highlights of their life. And, and this is a prime example of that. Now, when did things go left for this guy? So on November 2nd, a report was actually found and it, it showed that a good portion of their cash, and I'm talking about FTX specifically, that a good portion of their cash on hand was held in, in their altcoin called FTT. Um, that was controlled by FTX. I'm going to break all of this down because this you got to follow me here. It's kind of confusing. So when the report came out, they had cash on hand, right? And from there, they actually had an altcoin. So if you don't know what an altcoin is, think of it like this. So think of Robinhood as your, your exchange and think of Apple as the company. So SBF owned essentially both parties. He owned the company and also owned the exchange where it was traded. There's your conflict of interest. When they started to, you know, put money into their altcoin, that's that's what was what was what the uh, issue was. So you have the altcoin that was traded on the on the exchange under Alameda, but FTX controlled the entire exchange. Everybody realized that Alameda was depending heavily on their coin to back their business instead of fiat currency like the dollar. So because of that, and that's that's kind of why it kind of exposed them, to be honest with you. It exposed them to show that they didn't have as much cash on hand as, they, as people really thought. So when you look at numbers of a company, that doesn't show a strong balance sheet. So right after that, on November 6th, Binance. So Binance is a competitor and they responded to this. They actually owned a position in FTT, which means they owned a, a, a sizable position of, of that altcoin. Now, when they liquidated their position, this is what caused a panic. And that's what forced FTX to have that liquidation issue because they didn't have the money. Binance actually went to the drawing board with FTX and announced that they would buy out FTX. Bruh, the next day after that, they went, they went, met with SBF, went through the books, and homeboy, the other CEO from Binance came back and it was just like, nope, we're not doing it, opted out. They're not going to go through with it. That's how bad it was. 
And, and, you know, not to, you know, not to make matters worse, but when it rains, it pours. As soon as that was going on, the SEC also announced an investigation into into Alameda as well. Alameda Research, um, more specifically. So right after the SEC announced the investigation, that's when SBF resigned as CEO on November 11th. Now, pay attention to this part, y'all. The next day after November 11th, he resigns on the 12th. One to two billion dollars just go missing from crypto wallets. And now everybody's panicking because everybody's trying to figure out where's the money going. So FTX actually, not in this situation, but prior to everything going up, FTX, they used the funds in Alameda to pay their creditors. And we'll get into that in a little second, but that's crazy. So they were, you know, of course he owned both companies. So he's double dipping, paying all creditors from one business to pay another business, another business expense. Now, what are the details of what was going on? So billions of dollars belonging to customers of FTX, they're gone. They're out of here. So SBF explains it like this in, in 2019 and in 2020, they had no accounts, which means they couldn't get any global banking. I want to remind you guys what was going on around that time. So 2019 is pre-COVID, then COVID happens. And then, as you guys know, the NFT space, crypto started to go crazy right around that 2019, 2020 part. So that's probably why they couldn't get, get any global banking. Just they, they weren't credible enough. They didn't have any, they didn't have any money to show. Now, the customers wanted to buy in regardless of that. They didn't care. So what did they do? So FTX found a way around that and they used Alameda Research. So what they did was, and this is key here, the customers would wire money to Alameda and then ask to be credited on their FTX account. And this is a major reason why they went under and why the money was in the FTT altcoin was because that's where the customers were, was they were essentially sending the money directly to the, to the altcoin. So as that goes on, SBF actually says that more than half of Alameda's position was funded that way. And the amount of that dollar, the amount, the dollar amount on that was about 5 billion, north of 5 billion. That's crazy. So what happened to the money that the customers actually sent to Alameda? So Alameda sent those front those funds from its FTX account to the user. At least this is what was supposed to happen. When they asked SBF about it, he just said he can't account for where the money went. And the ledger, so here's the thing, the ledger was updated on the customer side, but where did the actual funds go? So let's break this down of how this went. So when you place a trade, initially think of it like this. So again, I'm going to go back to the example I use with Robinhood and Apple. So let's say in order to fund that account, you as the customer, let's say your name is Bob, you're going to send your money directly to Apple. Okay. As far as the Apple exchange, think of stocks. So you're going to send your money directly to Apple. And then what Apple is going to do, that's outside. You're going to wire it directly to him. Now inside the actual exchange, so inside of Robinhood, Robinhood would then credit you whatever you deposited and it will be in the form of Apple stock. So here's, here's the, 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 the trippy part about that. The only thing that really was updated was the ledger. So that's where the FTX side or essentially the Robinhood side would look okay. But 
it's not because there was a back end where the money actually went missing. So there, there, that's where the all the hiccups are. So to explain that from the FTX side, again, it went from the customer directly to Alameda. And then from that was outside the wire inside of the exchange. Then Alameda then uploads and credits the customer on that end. So now it looks like they have you know $100 or whatever of FTT of the altcoin. So when SBF was asked about that system, he explained it like this. He said it was a legacy system and it was removed. However, after that, even after it was removed, customers still wired money that way. And that may be a reason. He never said specifically, he said that could be a reason for the discrepancy. So it gets a little deeper. Now, I'm not sure if you guys know about what margin accounts are, but what margin accounts are is this allows you to trade on credit. So think of it like, let's say you had an account and you had $2,000 in cash in there or $500 in cash that may qualify you to be able to trade at a $3,000 margin account. So with that, that opened up a lot. And so they actually had a what we called a P2P, peer-to-peer lending aspect to their business, which meant customers could lend to other customers. And yeah, they could do that or, or actually loan the money to the company. So Alameda was a huge borrower. So remember, FTX is the exchange. Alameda is the company. So Alameda was a huge borrower of that and leveraged the margin account uh, significantly. And again, some customers agreed to act as lenders and others did not. So what were the terms of use? So what were customers actually signing up for when they were going through the you know checkout line and all of that? So in their terms of use, FTX owned the digital assets, but they could not be loaned out which means the exchange owned the, owned the, um, the money, the, the digital assets. They couldn't send it anywhere. They couldn't reinvest it. They had to leave it in their FTX account. Now, here's the kicker. The second part to that discusses the margin trading. The language says that, I can't even make this up, y'all. Money can be loaned out and could disappear if some trades went bad. That's what customers were signing up for. And so when asked if customers had to opt in for margin trading um, and also peer-to-peer trading, he said, or peer-to-peer lending, he said yes. So, t- so if that if that holds true, then customers would have had to do their due diligence and they understood the risk that they took on that end. Now, I'm not saying that absolves him for all the other crap he did, but I just thought that was interesting. Now, at the time of the account and the trading account at its peak, SBF said that there was about eight to 10 billion in that margin account. Wild. After the collapse, so now everybody finds out, you know, everything's going crazy. The bankrupt court, the bankruptcy court documents, they showed that Alameda had what's called a secret exemption, and that allowed it to avoid liquidation in certain circumstances. So think of it like this, when it came to the margin trading, because of that special or that secret exemption, that is what they call as the backdoor tool that allowed whoever, him, whoever to take the money to, I don't even know what they did with it, but the money gone, period, point blank, the money's out of here. So that's the caveat that they're saying that allowed them to do that. So with them having that secret, that secret exemption, Alameda could take on those 
larger positions because of the margin trading. Now, what SBF says is that, and he, he ended the interview shortly after, but he stated that he stayed away from Alameda because he felt it was a conflict of interest, even though he's the owner and he didn't want to mix it too. So because he owned both the exchange and the company, he felt it was better to stay away from Alameda. And therefore he allowed the company to pretty much run amok on the finances and do whatever they wanted. That's that, that seems to be the angle that he's playing. Um, he didn't, he's, 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 kind of hinting towards it in a sense without saying it, you know, read between the lines type deal. So as it currently stands, the SEC, the DOJ, the DOJ and a few more departments are investigating him. And so we will be following this as it pro- progresses and we'll go from there. In the meantime, guys, that's it for today's episode. Again, welcome to Conscious Mondays. As always, like, share, subscribe, and let's run it up, man. Y'all have a good one. Peace.